Happy Friday and welcome to Tears of a Clown, the podcast. I'm Liv and as always, I'm just excited to see you here. So last night I put out a poll and asked what everyone wanted me to cover in today's episode and let me tell you what a diverse group all agreeing on the same thing. You all want to talk about expectations versus standards, which tells me that it is a universal experience to have been disappointed by your expectations, mistaking them for standards, or for you to have standards and somebody treat you as if those are expectations. We're going Oxford here. Like the actual definition, okay? So the definition of a standard is an idea or thing used as a measure, norm, or model in comparative evaluations or a level of quality or attainment, okay? Now, expectations, we're still on Oxford, a belief that someone will or should achieve something, or one's prospect of goodness and or inheritance. So let's think about this. One is a belief and one is a level or quality. We really confuse these things. And I know this firsthand because I have done it multiple times. I've also been on the damn receiving end of it and it isn't fun. So where do we break down what a standard is versus what an expectation is? Well, I think the middle ground here is desire. So I want to start with a really common example, and that is the flower issue. And when I say flower, it can be anything, okay? You might be listening to this and be like, Liv, I don't fucking like flowers. That's fine. That's great. Fill it in with anything you like. I want to go to the water park. I want them to get me slurpees. I want. I don't care what it is. Just flowers is something you hear a lot. One party wants the flowers. The other party doesn't deliver them. A fight ensues and or disappointment and resentment ensues. And from there, it's a cycle. Now, let's break this down. If I'm sitting here and someone I'm seeing comes to me, comes to visit me, and I'm thinking to myself before they get here, oh, I'd love some flowers. And I would totally dry them after. And, you know, that's so sweet and everything else. That's okay to have that desire and crave that. Where I go into expectations is I'm saying, I really want some flowers and because this person cares about me, they better get me flowers, right? That's what that's what a person I'm dating should do. They should get me flowers. And then when I'm brought to the reality, so I see the person and they're in hand with no flowers and I'm pissed off or I'm sad or I'm disappointed or I'm hurt or I feel like they don't actually care about me as much as I care about them, do you see where that becomes an expectation? So you might be thinking, well, then how do I make this a standard, Okay. A standard is communicated and agreed upon. So think about work. You know what the standard is for you to do something, okay? So you have someone ask you, hey, I really need this on a sheet and I need four rows of this data and I need it by 2 p.m. That's a standard. That's a pretty clear standard, right? Now, you've delivered that. You put the data in, you got it in before 2 p.m., you met that standard. Now, the person that's asking you that might have had a desire. Oh, I hope that they put my favorite font. And I really, really like when they give me a PDF version, an Excel version, and they print it out and put it on my desk. Those are all desires, okay? Those were not communicated as a standard. And then there's the 
bad part. There's the expectation. Whereas when you take those desires and you put them in the standard. So you deliver this and you're like, I'm here. Hey, here, here it is. Let me know if you have any questions. And they're like, well, this isn't what I wanted. Or yeah, I guess th- this is okay, but it's not enough. You have to communicate those things and there has to be a clear agreement. Hearing something and agreeing upon something are two very different things. This is something I use all the time in my leadership. Clear agreements means you set something out, everybody hears it, and they agree on it. And if they hear this statement you make of a standard that you you want to apply to your relationship or that you feel you need to uphold, and they go, okay, I hear you, but I'm not going to be able to meet this, this, and that, you're not in a clear agreement yet. Then you have to counter that and go, okay, well, I'm not willing to do that. Or, okay, fine, we can meet here. You guys re- kind of repeat the statement and then you go from there. Now, I think where a lot of people mess up is it's okay to disagree on some things, but it's also important to compromise on them as well. So, for instance, if you are the party in a relationship that doesn't want to get the damn flowers, you're like, this is so stupid. I don't even like them. Why do I have to get them? But you know your person has expressed a standard to you where they say, hey, this really makes me feel loved and cared about. And in my relationship, this is something that I have a standard of happening regularly. Like I, this is something that in my life, I see a part of my story, my reality, and, it, and I'm not going to compromise on it, right? Sometimes you have to be the one that makes compromise and you are the one that goes, okay, I don't really see any value in this, but I'm doing it because I love them. And you go and do it once a month, okay? 12 times in a year. Oh, you had to go to a Safeway while you're getting a six rack and you got some flowers, okay? Now, when we go into the intricacies of that, maybe they want the really expensive, big bouquets, all that other stuff, that I think that goes into desires. We're going back into desires. And what's the reality versus what it, what can be dreamt up because anything can be better okay so for instance at the times I have gotten a gift from someone I've been involved with it's like oh this is so great but I can go back and retrospect mostly when they've like totally fucked up and be like oh my gosh and they only got me those like cheap ones you know and like oh it's so low effort like they didn't care but in reality it's like the standard I set was when I got in that relationship hey I love flowers and I like to get flowers regularly from the person I'm with is that something you think you would be able to do So I can't really sit there and pew, pew, knock down the holes in this thing because that's what I communicated. And you have the free will to not agree to things. But there are some items in your friendships, relationships, etc. where you're going to have to compromise and say, okay, I don't freaking see the value in this like I just mentioned, but I'm going to do it anyways. Or you need to be honest with yourself as the party that's expecting. Sometimes you're going to have to understand that the type of person you're with, if they're not willing to compromise on that, you either have to accept that reality and let go of that resentment and find a remedy for it in some other part of your connection with that person. Or you're going to have to look at the greater scope of things and realize there's probably a level of incompatibility there. Now, I'm not saying you end your relationship because you're not getting your, you know, symbolic flowers, okay? But what I am saying is, your, your way that you love and receive love, which we talked about in other episodes, are hugely important. And you have to get aligned with those kind of things in your relationship. So flowers are just one thing. And an object offering is just one thing. A lot of back and forth between couples is like bedtime routines. So it's like you have a partner that's maybe gaming or watching movies or doing something interactive where it's their time. And you're like, hey, I want to go to bed and I want to cuddle. 
Like, I want us to go to bed together at the same time. And y'all are just button heads on the shit because it's like, I have this need and I have this need. Who's going to compromise or who's going to be wrong? It always kind of goes to which one's wrong in this situation. And then it turns into like a cycle of resentment again. And this is where we're going to have to compromise, but we're also going to have to put standards down. Now, I think a lot of times when we meet someone, we're totally okay with playing into the enchantment of, oh, you like flowers. You're going to get so sick of all the flowers I give you. Or you like to cuddle before bed. I'm, I'm going to be in bed before you, okay? And then you're with someone for a while and it's like, man, I want to get back to my routine. I don't want to stop and get the damn flowers. And I don't want to, you know, give up my time playing Call of Duty right now, which I get it. I love Call of Duty, okay? I understand. Um, but that's why these standards need to be expressed in the beginning of a relationship when you're making these agreements because life is hard enough. You have to think of all the things that we're faced with financially, emotionally, mentally, um, with our families, with our friends, with the objects we own, right? Like car issues, um, paying taxes, like all these things that we go through, it's already hard enough. And so having your peace of mind and having a place where you feel like you can be yourself, um, but also feel love and give love is hugely important. So as much as it might sound like you're splicing hairs by being really concentrated in your specific details, I highly advise that you do it. And if there's some elephants in the room with your relationship where you're looking at it and going, I love this, this and that, but like this has been a a thing that just doesn't make me feel good or it's a thing that I wish we had and we don't have, have those conversations because more than likely you have two possible outcomes. One is the person's going to totally listen to you and hear you out and try and find a middle ground. Or number two, they might not have even been aware of it. And you might totally disagree on it and at least you get some level of closure there. Maybe you're the one compromising, right? So I think it's important to talk about these things and expectations versus standards. I think one of the worst ways it bleeds into relationships is actually sexually. So a lot of the times when someone has an idea of a good sexual experience, they have a sequence in their head. Regardless of if they're going to admit that or not, they have a sequence in their head. And I'm not saying it has to be very pointed down to like, we do this first, we do that first, then we do this, then I do this, then I, then you do that. Uh, it doesn't have to be that way. But there's things that stimulate them that they desire and crave and that they expect to happen. So when those things are not met, that's where we see dissatisfaction. But the root of that issue is like we would talk about communication with standards. So if my idea of fulfilling sex is we spent a lot of time just like cuddling up together before and flirting and kissing and just like being like teenagers again and it's freaking great and then you know we do the deed and that's great and I you know there's different there's different levels to what what someone might consider fantastic or great. And after that, like, I'm happy. I'm good, right? And the other person's idea of good sex is we get down to it and we go about our day after. You can see where the issues are going to arise from there. But ultimately, the downside of this is we're still having sex. So the bigger issue of libido, the bigger issue of consistency, the bigger issue of physical affection, you're, you kind of have a hard time arguing those points because you're like, okay, well, uh, we did all those things, right? It's just the pre-care, the aftercare that I was hoping more for, the interaction, so to speak. So I've seen this happen a lot and it does not equate to sexual incompatibility. What it equates to is 
not expressing your cravings and desires, number one, and coming to a clear agreement, number two. So you're constantly bombarded by this expectation in your head where you're like, well, maybe this time they'll meet it. Maybe this time they'll meet it. And then they don't. Instead of the standard of, you know, where someone, it's like that healthy respect. I don't want to say fear, but like it's this healthy respect and like regard for someone where you're like, I know that I can't pull this shit on my partner. For instance, a great example is I had someone that I was with that was super, super into just rushing straight into it. And I did a terrible job of not expressing my standard of the fact that I needed pre-care and aftercare. I need both of those things to even want to have sex with somebody. And I did not do that. So I'd go in every single time. I'd have these desires. They wouldn't be fulfilled. They started building up to expectations. And then I started to resent this person because I'm like, dude, you miss the mark every fucking time. But in reality, regardless of how selfish and or um, center focused (laughs) I think that person was, I did not communicate my standard. It's pretty damn difficult to be mad at someone for something you didn't communicate. In the very moment that things happen, it's hard to do everything that we think of in hindsight. So those things don't always totally align. So that is not your fault. Don't beat yourself up. But it is good when you have time for mental preparation going into something to go, okay, I want to make sure I communicate this or do this or say this or, you know, make this clear. Now, I have two examples from my own life that I want to share with you all in the last week or so that I think are really important, and they show either one great failure or a great win. I would say one story, I feel really confident that I was secure in my um, standards, and the other one, I failed with expectations. So the first one is, in the last episode, you heard me talk about how I gave my number to a guy working at a restaurant I was at. We ended up hanging out after texting every single day for the better half of a week. When we spent time together, I was mostly disappointed. This person was good looking. We laughed. You know, we enjoyed each other's company. There was flirtation. But I really felt like the entire experience was very low effort. It didn't feel romantic to me, which is something that's really important to me. It felt a lot more casual having met this person face-to-face and actually spending time with them. And more than anything, I just didn't feel like this person actually gave a shit about truly getting to know me and having me as an addition to their life, no matter for how long or um, at what level. And where I failed here was I made a lot of jokes about romance and, uh, you know, kind of poked fun at them and joked about certain things they would say or do. But ultimately, I didn't really make it clear what I was looking for and what I wanted and what my standards are for someone I spend time with. So this person, regardless of, you know, what what level of maturity and or awareness they're at in their own life, um, didn't really have a clear answer for me. And that could have changed even the outcome of us spending time together. My expectation was, based on the fact that we were texting consistently and this person seemed super interested in me and was complimenting me a lot, that we were going to hang out and it was going to go great and we were going to continue hanging out. And this person was going to, you know, really seem like they're trying to um, invest in getting to know me and impressing me and doing all those things. That was my expectation. So when I left after spending time with them, I was pretty, like, I was pretty let down. I was like, well, that was a fucking bummer. You know, uh, this is not what I thought it was going to be. And in reality, it might have felt too soon for me. It might have felt not cool. It might have felt just not right in the moment. But ultimately, I 
have myself to blame at some level with that situation because my standards are not there, but my expectations totally were, right? And of course, craving and desires can be in there, but when you're leaving actually feeling let down and disappointed and like, why the, why they do me like that? Like, what what the hell, you know? that's That means I enforce an expectation on this person. And I want to put in here, if someone is disrespectful to you, um, cruel towards you, um, makes you feel uncomfortable, anything like that, you are not to blame, okay? That's just someone being a piece of shit. I'm just saying this was like a subpar experience. Now, the second example is where I won, but I'm kind of putting air quotes around that as I say it to you all. Uh, winning doesn't always feel good, okay? And and what I mean by winning in this instance is I stuck to my standards and you don't get a euphoria hit from that a lot of the times. It does not feel as good as compromising does in the moment that you compromise sometimes right it's like well I'm getting I'm getting this at least and that's enough and so I want to say that sharing this I was actually kind of feeling some trepidation before even recording this part so I'm like oh damn I don't want to talk about this because it actualizes it it's like I I can ponder it as much as I want but it's really not going to do any good because the reality of the situation has set in But I think it's so important to share and I'm hoping that for some of you who are kind of maybe nervous to pull the trigger on something where your standards really aren't being met, that you will take that stand for yourself. So I love the app TikTok. I spent a lot of time on it. I think it's very poorly named, but that's beside the point. Uh, I'm not going to get on one of my side tangents because we know how uh, absolutely lethal those can be to the eardrums. I like it specifically because there's a lot of creative fun stuff on there, a lot of sub communities, but most of all, there's hot people. And you all know me. I love hot people. Now, with that, fuck all of you for not telling me that it was Grandpa Joe and not Uncle Joe from the damn Willy Wonka movie. I will not be making references to that anymore. I can't believe for the last, I don't even know how many episodes, I've been calling the damn old guy the uncle when he's been the grandpa, which actually makes him even worse, but that's beside the point. So I had my moment, right, where I'm like, whew, man, see a hot person. So that happened a couple months ago when I saw someone with a pretty significant following that had liked my stuff. And I was like, I don't, I don't have much of a following on there. I just like just started making videos. And usually if people do comment on them or like them, it's definitely people that are not my type or people I'm not interested in. So it's not like I have a fan base <laughs> or anything. So when somebody, you know, who's kind of on the other side of it is in your stratosphere and is really hot you're like comes your way you're like damn okay where'd you come from right so we did a little bit of back and forth on the internet and eventually ended up exchanging information started texting and I'm like damn like if if you in a 10 you're 9.9 okay and if you catch that reference I'm so glad and I'm so glad you like country music um so I was excited to start talking to this person. Now, there was a little bit of inconsistency in the beginning. We text a little bit, then stop, then, you know, a little bit here. But ultimately, once it picked up, I had basically said of some sorts, like, I just got to make sure you're going to, you know, communicate consistently. Like, I just need you to text consistently, and I'm totally interested in this otherwise. And he really picked it up from there. We were texting every day, like, morning texts, afternoon texts, check-in, and, like, night texts. So I ended up booking a trip to go meet him in person because I'm super attracted to this person. They seem very driven in their career as well. Um, We had a lot of the same values with family and liked a lot of the same art. And like it just it just seemed like it, it could be a good fit. So I was very much looking forward to it. And being where I am in my life with my career and myself, I have no problem flying myself out for a couple hundred bucks to LA like that's not even a question to me it's fine I have friends there I love it there so I'm like cool I'm gonna go 
Um, that's not a standard for me that a guy has to financially contribute in those kind of ways. And I'm not ever going to say that you should not have that as a standard. Because if that is yours, good for you. I like, you know, when I, I see equal efforts from people, right? And I, I like giving. I'm a giver. But in this instance, I didn't really have any issue with flying myself out there to go meet him. But I did go above and beyond to like get a hotel where he could bring his dog and you know, just little things in terms of location. So I, I definitely, you know, put a little more in there. And when we had confirmed the plans, he was really excited. I was really excited. So to my surprise, a day later, when he just stopped texting me, I was like, what's going on here? So after 24 hours pass, meanwhile, he's still posting on social media. I didn't look at his stories, but I just saw in our, in my inbox on Instagram that there was, you know, a story ring during this time. Uh, so he's still posting and it goes on 48 hours. So at that point, I'm at a happy hour with some of my friends and I'm like, okay, let's just break it down. Like, I think I should probably cancel this trip. And they're like, we're going back and forth, you know, pros and cons. And I'm like, okay, the fact that I even thought I should cancel this trip is just a sign for me that I need to cancel it. So cancel the flight, get my Southwest credit back, shout out Southwest, cancel hotel, just get my money back. No big deal. Imagine my shock when I get a text message from him at the time on the day I'm supposed to be arriving. It's pretty short. And I'm thinking to myself, are you serious? So obviously I'm going to send him a message back. So I grab up my phone and I made sure that it was a very clear, concise voice message. I, I was not feeling emotional when I sent it. And I just said, hey, I actually canceled the trip. I didn't hear from you for a couple days and I figured the plans were off. I really didn't feel comfortable coming to an entirely different city and hoping that we were going to get together when you hadn't confirmed our plans. And I just need more from someone, especially if I'm going to put this much effort in on my end. And of course, I didn't hear anything from him after that. And that felt like such a win for me. And I don't know this person outside of texting them for a couple weeks, so I'm not going to dog him or make any assumptions. But what I will say is sticking by my standard in that moment felt so good. And it didn't align with what my flesh was craving in terms of like, ah, oh, I just want to go hang out with this hot person and have fun and like, you know, enjoy myself. Um, but I also didn't kick in an expectation there. I let this person know that I need communication regularly. I put myself out there and communicated with them and they still didn't reciprocate. And at that point, you're, you're, you're failing my standards and I have more worth for myself than that. Now, here's the big thing I want to point out. Don't make people feel like shit for their standards. The worst thing is when you have a complex about your standards because you're like living in fear of your shadow, so to speak, and their shadow being the truth of your life, the life that you crave and want. And craving and wants are the establishing points for standards. Now, sometimes those things won't always materialize. And what I will say is it's okay to just be blunt and be like, hey, babe, I really want this that's fine. I'm the queen of that. I will say exactly and it won't be romantic and it won't be cute, but I will do it. And I'm a huge proponent of that. As long as you're communicating. If you think someone has too high of standards, go be with someone who has standards that match yours better and vice versa. If you're with someone who does not match your standards and you're constantly angry at them or berating them, what are you doing with your time? What, why are you with someone who is not fulfilling your needs and is clearly not going to be able to do those things? I'm a firm believer that we're all built very differently and some people can achieve things that others can't. So for instance, I remember having a conversation once with a very big morning person like, you should be able to work out. You should be able to wake up at 4 a.m. work out and have a productive day and do this. And I'm like, no, some people just aren't built that way. 
right? We all have different levels of achievement that we can meet. And more than anything, we all have different levels of purpose that derive from that and happiness and satisfaction and growth. Now, in the spirit of talking about our standards and our desires and expectations and making sure we really meet her between the two and we're aware and, you know, we're also being honest, don't skip to the standard part without even knowing if someone's worthy of being aware of your standards. So today's story time is about the guy with the fake deep voice. I know that doesn't sound real, but it is. I had a birthday party last year up at a Airbnb. I say this quite often. I am a staycation kind of girl. I love a staycation. I love the low maintenance aspect of it. I love that I can just take the Tessie, charge her up a little bit, and just go. Actually, name my car Anastasia, but that, that's a whole different subject. I have a lot of reasons for that <clears throat> that no one's interested in. Um, I also like using my car as a part of a ongoing joke that it's a component of my personality because I just think it's wildly entertaining to just randomly bring up the fact that I have a Tesla and then have my friends joke and be like, oh, did you know she has a Tesla? And just be like an insufferable Tesla owner. But anyways, it is great. You should invest in one, especially with the gas prices. I'm sorry if you don't like Elon Musk. Your opinions and feelings are valid, but an electric car, especially one that is like the goaded, like original one is just unmatched. That's a whole different conversation. Anyways, so I decided I wanted some company for the few days I was there because we're partying up. We have this big luxurious spot and I'm like, I have all my favorite people there. I have this sexy ass master suite. I'm like, let's go. So I'd been texting a couple people that I met from dating apps and one stuck out a little more because he seemed to fit more of my vibe and standards that I had pretty quickly expressed. And the reason why I was kind of on this hype of just like putting them out there was because I was just so tired of going a couple weeks into talking to someone and then it's like, oh, hey, by the way, or oh, yeah, I'm not looking for that or oh, you know, no, I'm, I'm not into that. Like, I didn't want to go through that. But... <laughs> You got to at least vet and make sure you like the person before you give them even the opportunity to know what you want because otherwise you're going to end up in some bit of a mess. And there is nothing more uncomfortable than spending time with a stranger that you do not enjoy or do not like. So my dumbass invited this guy up to the freaking cabin. And the minute he got there, I knew I made a mistake. He had seemed very... I'm sorry in advance for using this word seemed very like alpha male type personality like he could check me because I am the type of woman where if you can't I will run you into the ground like I am the boss in my life I'm the boss in my career I'm very much that person and I'm the caretaker with a lot of my friends and I, I just naturally lead and nurture so if someone doesn't have a personality where they can kind of counteract that like I'm gonna bully you I just I don't know what to say just who I am so I liked the fact that it seemed like he could keep up with me in that way and like handle me. And also he had a really deep voice and I just thought that was hot. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. And we would banter, talk on the phone, voice text, whatever. And I was recently going through like a really pretty difficult heartbreak that I have told all of you guys about several times. So I just kind of just wanted some company from someone and to not be thinking about, you know, my, my kind of crushed heart at that time. So he comes up and... As he walks through the door, it's just like, oh, no, oh, no. I was in fear immediately of what he was going to say, just solely based on the outfit he was wearing. It was, 
uh, it was absolutely a DH gate fit from head to toe. If you don't know what DH gate is, they sell dupes of um, luxury, you know, um, designer items. Now, I'm not here to hate on anyone. If you if you buy dupes, good for you. If you don't, good for you. Whatever. Um, but I I think if you're gonna do something, don't make it so obvious. So like you walk in with your <laughs> with this just like head to toe mess of like three different designers. Oh oh my gosh. So I immediately was cringing. I'm like oh fuck. Okay nope not not for me. And he was a lot more meek than he had sold himself to be. Now, don't get me wrong. I love a quiet, mysterious man. I think that's the hottest thing. That's that's my guy. I don't want the loudest guy in the room. Let me be loud, okay? You just kind of sit back and just let me be a pain in the ass. And then, like, you're like, all right, it's time to go. Time to pack it up, right? And so I didn't like the fact that I basically felt immediate, like I had to babysit this guy because he was just, like, not interacting he off the cuff, like when he, we had like nice wines, we have top, top notch tequila, vodka, whiskey, like everything you can imagine. And dude, like, I'm pretty sure he asked if we had like Smirnoff ices or like Mike's hard lemonades or something. And I'm like, no, God, no. So it was just, I felt like he was a child. I basically was so uncomfortable. I felt like he was a child and we really didn't have that big of an age gap. Like he was only, I think like what, five years younger than me. So I'm like, that's not that big of a deal. We will talk about age gap relationships probably in one of these next episodes. I digress. So as we're playing the game, uh, just like a card game sitting around, he is just saying the most insufferable secondhand embarrassment type subject items. And I'm like, please stop. Like, please stop, please stop, please stop. And as the group is dwindling, I can just tell everybody's like, okay. They could tell I'm clearly not into this guy, but they're like, I don't want to deal with this guy. So people are like breaking off into groups like, oh, we're going to go to bed or we're going to go, you know. And it comes down to just two of my close friends and I. So we're all hanging out in the hot tub and this dude starts going on about like the Joe Rogan podcast. And listen, I'm not here to say if I like or dislike the Joe Rogan podcast. Um, I think that bleeds a lot into what your beliefs are personally in terms of spirituality and um, politics and everything else. We talked about this in the first episode. I don't go there. Uh, That's just a, a boundary for me. But what I will say is read the fucking room. Okay, so you have a gay woman and a very liberal man in the hot tub with me. Not to mention... I had not talked to him at all about my politics or beliefs. And he did know at least that I was, you know, I had told him that I was, I dated, you know, people of all genders. So that already was like a, oh my God, just stop. And it's fine if you like to listen to that podcast, go listen to that podcast. But the people in in the conversation that we're having are not trying to talk to you about this. And he's just going on and just saying more and more ignorant and embarrassing things. And they start like bordering homophobic at that point. I'm like, geez, man. And I'm not saying that um, liking a certain pot, that podcast in particular and, and having homophobia are, um, you know, equal to one another or that because you do, you think this way or whatever. Um, but what I will say is he was just going down this very like strong train of thought and he was not reading the room. And a big thing for me is the conversations I have with my friends ethnic family versus the conversations I have when I go to Midtown to get some drinks with friends versus the conversations I have when I'm in Vacaville where I grew up. All these different things are very different, right? There's different people, different backgrounds, and I always want to be respectful of those things. And 
unless it's someone that I do feel a, a close relationship with that I know that we're always going to respect each other and hear each other and want to have those conversations, I'm not going to bring that shit up. So that is a big no-no for me, okay? Finally, we go to the room and I'm like, fuck, I just want to sleep. I don't want to listen to this guy talk. I do not want to listen to this guy talk. Now, mind you, here's the kicker. The deep voice completely wore off. He had been faking the deep voice or emphasizing it further on the phone. Like he was really materializing it to be stronger than it was. So as he's talking, I realize I'm not attracted to his speech and and voice at all, which is making it even worse. And he's just saying the stupidest shit. My best friend's texting me in the same bed. Can he please leave? I hate him. My other best friend is sitting there like just in agony. He's like, this guy is like, dude, some of the shit you're saying is just like really puzzling to me. At some point, he's like, Liv, come here, you know, whatever. And I'm like, oh God. So I'm like, I just, I go over really quickly and I'm like, what's up? And he's like, I want to cuddle with you, whatever. And I'm like, oh, hell no. Hell no. Hell no. I'm like, get the hell away from me. But he like grabs me and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to lay like a plank for a second and then be like, okay, I got to go to the bathroom or, or do whatever. As he's laying next to me, he's like scooting up to my butt every two seconds and basically like humping my butt. Okay. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing? You gerbil, like get off of me. Okay. So I'm like, I get the idea. I'm like, Hey, can you grab me a water please? And he's like, Yeah, for sure, for sure. And he's, like, probably thinking, like, yeah, I'm going to probably, like, cuddle her up and, like, whatever, get to feel up on her. Who knows what was going through his mind, okay? The minute he goes to get the water, I jump out of the bed and into the main bed. And I put the covers over my head, get next to my best friend, and put my arm around her, and I'm done. And I hear him, like, mumbling, like, oh, what the hell, you know, whatever. That's it. Next morning, we get up. Finally, he gets the hint that he should probably leave. Although I I still, even then I question, like at that point, I probably was being straight up rude because I just wanted him to go because he had been so offensive and insufferable. After he leaves, he sends me a text and he's like, your friends are hella cool. Like that was hella fun, you know, whatever. He had completely offended my friends. (laughs) Okay, number one. And number two, he, I don't know why he was saying it was fun. It was, it was not fun. Like I was like, this is, this was not a good time, like at all. So I'm like, hey, uh, yeah, thanks for driving up. I do appreciate it. That was cool of you. But like, we are not compatible at all. And he's like, why, why aren't we compatible? I'm like, I don't have enough time basically to list to you why we're not comfortable, like compatible. And he's like, seems like you want a really feminine man. Like you want a man who's just going to agree with you on everything and, and just does feminine things. And I'm like, literally quite the opposite. I want a masculine man who's comfortable to be able to hang with all the walks of life that I'm surrounded by and the people that I love. I want someone who's like, hey, I'm not into that, but like, cool, that's cool you are, dude. Like, for sure. Like, let me, I'm gonna support you, you know? Like, tell me about it, right? And so, shut that conversation down. So what I wanna say is, did this guy know what kind of flowers I liked? Yes, okay, we're going back to the flowers. Did this guy know that I liked daily communication? He sure did. Did this guy know what was on, you know, some of my top played list when I work out? Yes, he did, right? He, there were certain things that we had connected on um, and liked, but ultimately I made the grave mistake of skipping to my standards before I even figured out my desires. <laughs> and trust me, 
My desires were not him. I hope you all loved today's episode and continue to grow more attached to my podcast. As always, I would love you to send in items to me, whether it be text message, email, or Instagram, TikTok, wherever. My handle is at Olivia, O-L-I-V-I-A, Joy, J-O-Y, Esfindiari, E-S-F-A-N-D-I-A-R-I, on every single platform, including Venmo. Uh, which I would love donations for getting started on a studio, which we'll get to in another episode here. And the reviews mean a lot. I'm, again, hoping to monetize on this because it is what I love and want to continue doing. So enjoy your weekends. Thank you for hanging in there with me while I record on a snowball mic as my cats are jumping on the table and the AC is going in and out at random. Still can't figure this thing out. This is Tears of a Clown, the podcast. I'm Liv, and I'll talk to you next week.